Amen. We do believe in the name of Jesus. And we call upon Him and we profess that this morning as we have joined together in one heart. The Spirit of God is here. He is here and mighty with us. This morning we're going to call out to God and we're going to pray. And there's two things that I want us to really to think about and to pray on this morning. This morning, Booger, Gene Norville, came to church, drove to church, and then couldn't get out of his car. Um, paramedics are, uh, you know, Marcus had checked him out, and anyway, uh, you know, Booger has been taken to a, uh, an urgent care facility. We don't know what's going on with him right now, uh, but we need to lift him up in your prayers. So whether you know him as Booger or whether you know him as Gene Norville, we need to lift him up in our prayers this morning. Also, our missionary department has been collecting items and stuff for our crisis care kits and for uh, POW packs. And we have those up on the platform. And we're going to pray that God will bless those and that he will use those in whatever need that they are needed in. He knows where they're going before we've even put them together. So let's go ahead and join together in one heart. And we're going to pray for Booger. And then I will pray a prayer of blessing over the boxes. So let's bow our heads this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we do come. And God, as we are here gathered together... In one heart, dear Lord, we want to call out to you. And God, we ask for a touch upon Booger's life. And God, we ask that you would intervene wherever he is and whatever the circumstance or the situation is. God, you know what it is. And God, you know Booger. Uh, you know, God, you know him as your child. And God, we join together with him and bro as brothers and sisters in lifting him up to you. And God, I pray, dear Lord, as our mission department, dear Lord, as they have worked throughout this year to gather these, these things, dear Lord, to pack up, dear Lord, that's going to be used for people in need, for children in need of supplies. But God, there's going to be used, they're going to be used for people that have went through disaster. And God, there's certain items here that they will need, God, that we ask that you would bless those, God, that we ask that you would bless the ones that are going to be receiving them, and God, that they would receive your love and your peace upon their lives, dear Lord, whenever they receive these little packs. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I know that it's little, but I know that you are mighty, and I know that you can make great things happen because of these boxes. And God, we just place them in your hands, and we ask that you would use them in the way that you see fit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There's a gentleman that has came to the church uh, today, and I'm going to ask that John, if John would come up. We have prayed for John. Um, if y'all remember, we've prayed for him to be healed from cancer, and God touched him, but the cancer has came back. And John is asking to be anointed. I'm going to ask the men in the church 
if you have a mask, to go ahead and to put your mask on and come and to kneel or to be with John right here and stand with him as we lift him up as our brother in Christ and as we pray upon him that God will touch him once again with his healing power. John, I'm going to ask you this question. In our passage of Scripture for the message today, Jesus asked his disciples, Who do you say I am? Amen. Amen. That's who we call out to. We call out this morning to John's Lord and Savior, to the Son of God, the Messiah of the world, the one that has came for us. We ask that God would be with his soul, but we ask that God would touch him and remove the cancer once again and intervene in his life. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to have to ask John because normally I just simply dab this anointing oil on you. I want to know if I can just pour it over your head. We're going to pour the blessings out this morning. In the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we call upon you, God, right now. God, we ask, dear Lord, that your healing power be upon John. God, you are the Lord of his life. And God, he is calling you today, dear Lord, as his Savior. He is your child. You know him by name. But God, right now, he is asking that you would heal him. That you would remove this poisonous cancer from his body. God, that you would give him strength. But God, he praises you for being his Lord and Savior today. God, we thank you, and God, I pray, dear Lord, as this oil runs down his head, God, that it runs and soaks into his body as your spirit moves on his life and moves in our midst. Again, God, we thank you, and God, we praise you. We feel you. We know that you are here. We know that you were already at work in our midst and in his life. And God, we thank you. We thank you and we praise you. Amen. And amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. Amen. Yeah. these days I'm going to learn that lesson from preaching 101 and I'm always going to have a handkerchief ready. So I, I know that the Spirit's moving and I, I don't want to make light of the situation but I need to get y'all involved in this service. We are not pew warmers today. We are participants in the moving of God. 
So what I have done is I have hidden a $100 bill in one of the seats that you're not sitting in. So I need you to find it. I need you to seek it. I'm not going to say... Have any of you remember playing the game I Spy? Okay, so I'm going to do, I'm going to I Spy something, and I want you to see if you can tell me what I Spy. Okay, I'll let you know that I really didn't hide a $100 bill. I spy something pink. Stand up if you see, if you know what I spy, if you see it, stand up and let me know. I spy something pink. Okay, not it, but I see it is pink. Okay, Marcus? No, no. Joanne's over there with her shirt. It wasn't Joanne's shirt either. No, not hers, not hers. I spy something pink, yes? No, no. Yeah, it is a pretty pink, yes. Yeah. Oh, Zach's got it. The flowers. How many of you have played hide and go seek in your life? Go ahead and raise your hand. You out there watching, if you've played hide-and-go-seek, go ahead, raise your hand. So we all, we all know hide-and-go-seek, everybody goes out and hides, and one person goes and seeks them, right? How many of you have ever played sardines? Any of you ever played sardines? Oh, we got one, we got two, three. No, no, sardines, one person goes and hides, and then everybody tries to find that one person that's hid, and whenever you find him, everybody hides with them. Now, as a youth pastor, I want you to know that I played that, and I got in trouble. I had 27 kids piled into the baptistry, and the lead pastor came in and found them before I was able to find them. Seeking. Seeking God. So I asked the question today, I asked, who are you seeking today? We've had three messages, we've had three services where we've talked about the lenses of God. Or we've talked about the lenses and what set of lenses are you searching for God through today? Are you searching God through the worldly glasses? Are you searching God through the glory of Moses? And this is the birth of Moses that we find here. In verse 5, it comes up. I know you're supposed to be an 8, but I'm going to give you the lead way. In verse 5, it says, Soon Pharaoh's daughter found Moses or found the basket.
So we see that she finds this basket. Why is Moses in the Nile River in the basket? Moses is in the Nile River in the basket because Joseph and all of his brothers and all of his descendants have passed away. The Pharaoh has now passed away. There's a new Pharaoh, and he has no idea as far as what Joseph has done. Now, I want us to see and I want us to picture this. The scripture says that the new Pharaoh had no idea of what Joseph had done. Joseph didn't do anything. Joseph told the Pharaoh at the time that he interpreted the dream that God gave him the ability to do this. Pharaoh knew about the God of Joseph. Pharaoh knew about the God of Jacob and all of his brothers that came with him. The people of Israel knew about the God. But now, everyone has forgotten about him. But God hasn't forgotten about them. Moses is in, the, is in the, the basket in the Nile River because the Israelites had become so numerous that they outnumbered the Egyptians. Here they are. They came to Egypt because of a famine. And it says that whenever they left the promised land, to come to where they were in Egypt, that they were approximately 70 descendants that came with him. And now, they are more numerous and they are more powerful than Egypt. God is fulfilling his covenant And they don't see it. His covenant with Abraham was that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the skies. That they would become a great nation. And now they outnumber the Egyptians. They're more powerful than the Egyptians. Why do they not go back to the promised land? Because they had forgotten the God that had given them the covenant. How do we know that? Go to Joshua. We will praise the Lord. The Israelites say, We will praise the Lord with you. And he says, no, you won't. 
It's too difficult. Why can he make that statement? Or why does he make that statement? He tells them, you are still worshiping the gods that you worshiped on the other side of the Euphrates River. Whoo! Come on, guys. Man, we got to get this. We have to understand this. The gods that he's talking about are the gods that they got from Egypt. They were still worshiping those gods. They spent 40 years wandering around in the desert, and he proved to them that he was the God of gods. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is the only one that can provide and will provide for them. But they're still worshiping these other gods. So what God are you seeking today? Matthew chapter 15 or 16 verses 13 through 18. Jesus came to the region of Caesarea of Philippi. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to give you a little bit of history about Caesarea of Philippi because it might help us out as far as why Jesus asked this particular question. Okay, number one, Caesarea Philippi would be full of non-Jewish people, non-believers. Caesarea Philippi, whenever it first became a city, was not called Caesarea Philippi. It was simply a temple to Baal. So the first inhabitants of this community that turned into this great city were worshipers of Baal. After that, King Herod came along, and King Herod turned it into, get this, a temple of Pan. Who knows who Pan is? And I'm not talking about Peter Pan. Pan. Pan is that awful God, that God-awful looking God, the goat God, the goat man God of fertility. Who in the world ever created a goat man, God, to say that if you look at this thing or if you touch it or if you rub it or if you pray to it, you're going to be fertile? Whew. If I saw one of them, I believe I'm going to be afraid of it. Especially if you watch all those movies and stuff where you have them and they're real and they're walking around and their hind and their bottom and stuff is, is goat and the top's a man. How fertile is that? Not very fertile with me because I'm gone. What God are you seeking today? Jesus asked this question in this particular place. But we also find here that this is one of those rare moments that God and his disciples, or Jesus and his disciples, are alone. And Jesus asked his disciples, he says, Who do the people say the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Hmm. John the Baptist, the one that came to prepare or to make straight the path of the Lord, the one that was in the wilderness, 
that was calling the religious people, calling God's chosen people to repent and be baptized. Not bad. Not bad. Elijah. Everybody said that Elijah had to come before the Messiah would show up. So this must be Elijah. Elijah, the prophet that didn't die, that a fiery chariot came down from heaven and swooped down and picked him up and took him off into heaven. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, or one of the other prophets. Don't think I would have liked to have been Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, or one of the other prophets, because Israel had killed all of the prophets. But see, Jesus knew that they were also going to kill him. So who are you seeking today? Let's go back to Exodus. There's a lot of things in Exodus. Because whenever we're looking there at Exodus, we find that the Israelites have multiplied. So the Egyptians put them into slavery. And what happens? They multiply even more. God blesses them so much that the midwives can't keep up with the number of births that's giving up or that's happening because Pharaoh had told them that you needed to go and kill all of the male children that's going to be born. God is blessing them and they don't even know it. God is fulfilling his promise and they don't realize it. Moses is put into the basket, the ark, or my favorite word, the teva. Moses was put to the hands of God to be protected. The teva, the ark, God's provision, God is providing a deliverer. That is going to deliver them. I want you to read the rest of this story. Because whenever it calls out and it says that the Israelites cried out. I asked the question to you this morning. Did they cry out to God? As in their creator. As in the one that made the covenant with Abraham. Or did they cry out to the gods of Egypt? Moses comes back after 40 years, right? And Moses is worried about them recognizing the God that is sending them. And he says, if they ask who you are, what do I say? Who remembered the name? Who remembered the promises? Because whenever things got harder because of the plagues, 
the Egyptians wanted to get rid of Moses. Or not, I'm sorry, the, the Hebrews or the Israelites wanted to get rid of Moses. Who are you searching for today? I've got some things to help us out here. In John chapter 6, verses 30 through 36, we have this discourse. So in this particular chapter, this is where we have that Jesus has fed the 5,000. Jesus has walked across the water. And he is over on the other side with the disciples and the group of people that he just fed has came back and they're asking questions and they're asking things of him. And in verse 30 it says, they answered, show us a miraculous sign so that you, or if you, want us to believe in you. What can you do? Then it says in 31, after all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scripture says, Moses gave them the bread from heaven to eat. Verse 32, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven. My father did, and now he offers you the true bread from heaven The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Do you hear the statement? Jesus came down from heaven to give true life to the whole world. To the whole world. They didn't understand it. How do we know that they didn't understand it? Listen to their reply. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Every day, give us that bread. They were seeing the bread of manna that their Ancestors had to collect every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger again. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But you haven't believed in me, even though... You have seen me. You haven't believed in me, even though you've seen me. I just fed 5,000 people. I just fed 5,000 men over on the other side of the lake with five small pieces or five small loaves of bread and two fish. And you're asking for another sign for me to prove to you who I am? You don't believe in me. In John chapter 7, the discourse kind of goes on and we find that Jesus actually has a conversation with more people. And in this conversation, we'll find in the passage of Scripture that it tells us that someone says that no one 
will do any more miraculous or any more miracles than he has and be the Messiah. John chapter 7, verses 32 through 34. The Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these things about him. So the chief priest and the Pharisees sent officers to seize him. Therefore, Jesus said, For a little while longer I am with you. Then I go to him who has sent me. Now catch this. He says, You will seek me, but you will not find me. And where I go, you cannot go. So let me explain this to you. Jesus knew that at one point in time, at some point in time, that they would be seeking the Messiah after his life. He says, you'll seek me, but you won't find me because I'm not that Messiah. I'm here in front of you today. But you have closed off your hearts and your minds to where you will not be able to go where I go. He's letting them know that without forgiveness and without realizing that he is the Messiah, that we will never be able to go to where he is. Do you get you got it? See, they were searching for a different God or a different Messiah. They were searching for a Messiah that would come and take over the Israel or take over the Roman government and the Israelites be able to live in peace here on this earth. Remember, they were looking for an earthly kingdom. And Jesus was talking about a spiritual kingdom. But also, Jesus is talking about a kingdom or that its salvation is for the world. And they were still thinking about salvation that was for the Israelites. So let me take you to the story of the Samaritan woman. In the story of the Samaritan woman, we get in, we look, and we see this, that Jesus had to go here to meet this woman. There was a specific reason for him to go there. Jesus is setting up the ministries or the missionaries. He is giving the disciples, he is planting the seed for the disciples to come after his death. After his burial and resurrection, whenever it spreads out across the world, he was planting the seed that there would already be followers there to spread the gospel. How was he doing this? The Samaritans were looking for the prophet. The Samaritans didn't have and they didn't believe and they didn't 
read any of the other prophets. They didn't read about Jeremiah. They didn't read about Elijah, Isaac. They didn't read any about all of them. All they had was the Pentateuch that pointed to the prophet, as in Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And they said that the Messiah or that prophet would come and tell us everything about us without even knowing us. Jesus tells the Samaritan woman that she's had five husbands and the man that she's living with now is not her husband. Told her everything about her without even knowing her. She believed she went and got the other people from the town. They came and they spent time with Jesus. And at the end of this story, we get this understanding. We get this that Jesus says or the scripture says. That they told the woman, we no longer believe simply because of what you have told us. We believe because we have seen the Messiah of the world. The Samaritans got it. The Samaritans understood that Jesus was coming to be the Savior of the world. Not just the Israelites. What Messiah are you looking for today? Who are you seeking? In chapter 15, or in verse 15 of chapter 13 of Matthew, or let's go to verse 15 of chapter 16. It says, then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Today, who do you say? That he is. Listen to the reply. Simon Peter answers. And he says you are the Messiah. The son of the living God. Two proclamations. That he's the Messiah. And he's the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, the son of John, because the Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from human beings. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the powers of hell will not conquer it. The revelation is that he is the son of God. He is the Messiah of the world. The son of God. But the lenses that we look through determine the God that we're seeking. If you're looking through the eyes or the lenses of this world, you'll be just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and you'll miss the Messiah. You'll miss the Son of God.
There'll come a day that you'll seek him, but you'll not find him. And you will not be able to go where he goes. Salvation only comes through believing in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Some of you today might be looking through the dark lenses because this world is full of gloom. There might be so many struggles and so much stress and so much pain that's in your life. That you're just like the Israelites in bondage. As God is trying, and not trying, but as God is upholding as God is fulfilling the law and the covenant that he has for us. As God is blessing the Israelites in the midst of their struggles. Are we going to search for the God of Pan? Are we going to search for the God of Baal? Are we going to search for the God of employment or the God of money that provides the needs for here on this earth? Are we going to search for them? Are we going to search for the true Messiah, for the one and only Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that has came to fulfill all the promises of God, that has came to provide for us and to give us freedom from our sins and to give and to deliver us from the bondage of this world? Are we going to believe and trust in Him and in Him alone? The lenses that we're searching through today makes a difference on who we'll find. Now, now don't get me wrong. I just prayed for John to be healed. But I asked John to make sure that it was right with his soul before we got his body right. If we're searching for the true Messiah, we will receive every benefit Every promise that has been given to us, we will receive those in our lives. Whenever he says here in John chapter 6 verse 33, whenever it's talking about the true bread, and he says that I am the bread of life, and that whoever comes to me will never hunger again. That if that is the one that we are searching, that he will provide, and he will be the bread of life for us. We will never hunger and we will never thirst because He provides everything for us. He might provide us healing, but He provides us salvation, no doubt. He provides us peace that passes all understanding. He provides for us eternal life with His and His kingdom in heaven. He is true to His word. Who do you say that He is? Dear Heavenly Father, I pray God that you will, that your words, dear Lord, that has been given to us, 
Oh God, I pray, dear Lord, that they would meditate and they would sink into our hearts. And God, that we would search you through the right lenses, through the lenses of salvation that only comes from Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, your Son, the one that you gave to us that died on the cross, that came in this and lived with us and that rose from the grave and that lives today, seated at your right hand, that is interceding for us. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you today. Amen. I'd ask that everyone that can to stand as we sing the song, This is our, this blessing, or this I believe. I got it right. This I believe as we close in the prayer, as in this song. Sing this as if you truly mean this. And if you don't mean this, the altar is open for you this morning. So sing out loud. Sing with open mouths and open heart today.
life eternal. I believe in life eternal. I believe in the virgin birth. I believe in the saints' communion and in your holy church. I believe in the resurrection when Jesus comes again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. For I believe. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> you know, we can't leave this service in any type of somber attitude here. We have a Savior in Jesus Christ. Do we believe that? Amen. Come on, you know, let's do this. Uh, you know, just clapping doesn't really, you know, we're going to say this, okay? I believe. 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 And Jesus Christ as my Savior. As my Savior. Amen. You are dismissed this morning. I believe. I believe.